Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and go to our headliner today. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, I've had a chance to uh, bump into this next gentleman multiple times over the last calendar year. He uh, covers the Chicago Blackhawks for the Athletic. Also some uh, during the course of the Western Conference playoffs uh, in Colorado. I'd like to welcome to the show Mark Lazarus. Hi, Mark. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. All right. Let's get right to it. Uh, Bobby Hull passes away yesterday at the age of 84. Uh, suffice to say that uh, this is a not your. How would you maybe explain to our listeners just what a unique individual he was, but also the fact that this isn't your typical uh, passing in a lot of regards because there's some there's some tough parts to uh, to Bobby Hull's history. Yeah, you know, typically when, you know, a Hall of Famer dies, you know, we want to shower them with tributes and talk about their careers and their accomplishments, what they meant to the fans. And, you know, Bobby Hull did a lot of those things. He's the all-time leading scorer in Blackhawks history. He helped, you know, change the – he revolutionized the game on and off the ice with – you know, the, the slap shot and the banana blade and, you know, uh, and off the ice with, you know, when he jumped to the WHA, he changed the way players are compensated. And, and you know, he did a lot for that uh, aspect of the game. But, you know, it, it's undeniable that he was a great player. It's also undeniable that he did and said a lot of despicable things uh, off the ice over the years while he was a player and after his career. You know, there's there's uh, credible domestic abuse allegations from two of his ex-wives, one of them documented on an ESPN Sports Century documentary where uh, uh, his first wife, Joanne, but, well, feared for her life. Um, you know, he, he, he was quoted in a, in a Moscow newspaper talking about how Hitler had some good ideas and the black population in the United States was growing too fast. Uh, they're, they're, you know, if you're around the hockey world, you've heard yes. probably Bobby Hull stories that aren't very flattering. Although I was over here and Bobby Hull said this and Bobby Hull said that. And, you know, I've been around some of that. You know, you, that, these aren't things that you share publicly, but you pick up along the way and you know who and what he was. Yeah, so I was it's at, very complicated where you try to honor the player, but you can't honor the man. And the Hawks are, I mean, we all know they've been, I actually met uh, Bill Wirtz uh, when Cal Nichols still uh, owned the team. Uh, with He was chairman of the board of the Edmonton Investors Group. Uh, 
uh, me, me and a couple of our buddies, including Kyle's son, went down to Chicago in 06 in April uh, because we wanted to see the Cubs and the Cards in opening weekend as well. And Mr. Wirtz actually invited us up to the box. Um, it was on the wall was a picture of Al Capone and a three-year-old boy bouncing on his knee. Guess who that was? It was Bill Wirtz. And uh, he asked me about the Muldoon curse and couldn't believe that I knew it. I'm like, oh, come on. I, this is what I do, man. Like, yeah, I'm going to know about the Muldoon. Chicago, but we'd go in there like, you know, I 15 years doing color, Mark, and we'd go in there. I used to see Bobby Hull as a team ambassador with the Blackhawks. And yep. eventually they had to move from that too, didn't they not? Yeah, and then they didn't do it until last year. I mean, uh, one of the first things Rocky Words Bill funded when he took over the team after Bill died was reach out to Bobby Hulk, who had been estranged from the organization, and welcome him back into the fold. And he had been with the team since either, I think it was 09 or 2010. Yeah. Uh, in that ambassador, I had a lot of games, you know, losing sponsors, things like that. And uh, it wasn't until after the Kyle Beach scandal broke and after the Jenner and Block report where they finally, you know, the new administration of Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner cut ties with uh, with Bobby Hull. And you know, it was certainly too little too late, but it was a gesture that they wanted to start doing things the right way, I think. Yeah. So how they proceed and honor him on February 7th, their next home game after the bye week, after the All-Star break, it's going to be interesting because like, I don't envy them. They're in a tough position. I mean, this is a guy who means a whole lot to older fans. You know, you, you, I wrote a column yesterday, and if you wait into that comment and you make it through all the vitriol, you'll see a lot of people talking about, like, this was my hero growing up but before I knew all of this. And, you know, I, I, I want to just focus on that. And, you know, can't we just do that? And no, that's not how it works anymore. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see what the Blackhawks do. They just, like, the, the Winnipeg Jets, I think, they had a quick tribute video in a moment of silence last night. Yeah. Um, that's what the Blackhawks should do. They should make it short, sweet. They shouldn't, you know, the Blackhawks love ceremony. Love it. They're as good at it as anybody. They should not make too big a deal out of this. It's bad enough there's a statue of the man standing outside the arena. What was your concluding uh, line uh, in the last paragraph of your piece yesterday in The Athletic? Um, I think it was something like um, a man died, a hero did not. Yeah, and and I, I mean, it's really interesting because when you have conversations with today's players, they have no idea. We had Al Hamilton on uh, yesterday, and he was a terrific defenseman, as you know, in the World Hockey Association days. He was one of those guys that got paid. He got paid, I think, two and a half times what he's making in the NHL with Buffalo when he jumped ship to, to play for the Alberta Oilers in 1972. He was here the entire time. He was the first Oilers player to have his jersey uh, retired. And he'd be the first to tell you that they all got paid because Bobby Hull made, you know, yeah. that he gave instant credibility. I, you can make an argument, like, without the work of uh, Wild Bill Hunter in Edmonton, the Oilers are not here today. And Bobby Hull was the guy that legitimized the World Hockey Association. So well, It's interesting. You, you, you mentioned Bill Wirtz earlier. Um, Bill Wirtz, he didn't do anything like what Bobby Hull did, as far as we know, but he was a reviled figure in Chicago because, you know, he wouldn't, he was cheap and he wouldn't put the games, the home games on TV for all these years. When he died, it was, it was, it was uncomfortable. Chicago celebrated. When they held a moment of silence, people in the United States were cheering. They were so excited that Rocky was taking over and that Bill was gone. And Bill Wirtz is one of the most important people in the history of the game of hockey. Like the NHL doesn't exist without the Wirtz family. Uh, but it's undeniable that he was an awful, awful, awful owner. And so this is the two different situations, but it's a similar thing where, you know, this isn't someone that at the hockey world at large is going to mourn despite their contributions on the ice and in the game of hockey because of other reasons. Well, it's funny. We had John Shannon on yesterday and he writes about, you know, his, in John's book and, 
it's not a favorable uh, impression that he leaves of Bobby Hall uh, and maybe speaks to, a bit to Bobby's character. Do you know how the relationship, it, was there a relationship at all with Brett Hall in the end? With Bobby? Uh, I, I've heard it was strained. I don't know all the details, so I don't want to speculate too much, but I know that I'll, you know, I, I always heard that, that most of his family had strained relations at best with him. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you couldn't, given you know what we ended up finding out about Bobby after he was done playing, and he had quite a reputation when he played. Like he, he was kind of the Mickey Mantle of the NHL, was he not? Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't cover him, but it, it, it's it's you know back then it was around the same era as Mantle, and you know, in the whole baseball writer community looked the other way while these guys were popping amphetamines all the time and chasing women around every city because that's how things were done back then. So. Um, it'd be very different if he acted the way he acted in modern times, I think. I don't think that, you know, I think these guys are are much more held accountable than they were in their day. Yeah, it's called the phone with cameras. Uh, All right. (laughs) So that's, uh, so anyways, from your perspective, Mark, you envision that the best course of, and the Hawks have had to be very deliberate after what happened with Kyle Beach last year. Uh, Less is going to be more to have an effective, uh, I guess, Honoring, yeah, and uh, you Bobby can't Hull. pretend that you you can't pretend it didn't happen, right? He's still Bobby Hole. There's a statue of him outside, but yeah. you, you just got to be careful not to lionize him too much. Yeah. You know, a man died. You have a moment of silence. If you want to put up a very quick video of some of his highlights, him with the cup, fine. Nobody's going to begrudge you that. But you can't go out and have like a 20 minute ceremony recognizing the great Golden Jet Bobby Hole and lionize him and put him on a pedestal because. Frankly, the man doesn't deserve it. Mark, I know you were just in Edmonton on Saturday. The Hawks are in an obvious position. They've got multiple players that are pending UFAs. Uh, Max Domi might be a, a subtle addition for somebody, but he's sure moved around a bunch. Athens, who knows, maybe somebody takes a flyer. But the two elephants in the room are two Hall of Fame future players, and we both know that, are future Hall of Famers, and that's Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. Where's your headspace at with those two guys right now? What do you think? What do you think's ultimately going to happen with the two of them? Man, I have I have changed my mind on them so often throughout the season. I started the season sure that Patrick Kane was looking for a reason to stay because he wanted to go down as the greatest Blackhawk of all time, and I was pretty sure that Taves had one foot out the door. And then about a month and a half into the season, I see Taves as you know kind of embracing the the, the everything and having a good time despite everything. And Kane, the, the losing was and and the, and the lack of production because of who he's playing with was weighing on him. I'm like, all right, Kane's out the door and Taves is staying. And now I just don't know. I really don't know. And I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that they know. Um, they have not told Kyle Davidson. They have not had any kind of meeting with Kyle Davidson about what they want to do. I had a long conversation with Taves in Calgary the other day, just a, a few days ago, and. Uh, every sentence he said had me twisting around like he's staying, he's going, he's staying, he's going. I think these guys are still trying to make a decision themselves. It's such a huge decision. I mean, they don't have to leave, right? They're not Ray Bork. They don't have to get that cup. They've got three of them already. They can sit back and rest on their laurels and just go out and become icons. But they've also squandered their primes, right? I mean, they won those cups in their early 20s. So a lot of their prime years here have been wasted. And, 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 and you know, once you have that taste, you, this is a team that hasn't won a playoff series in seven, eight years. I don't count the one over the Oilers in the bubble. That was, you know, not really the playoffs. <laughs> so it's been a long time. I and mean, this is a team that dominated for years, but it's been a long time since they've accomplished anything. And they're at least a few years away from being relevant again. So, the, you know, uh, they're 34. They turned 35 this year. Do they want to just give up the chance of contending again or do they want to go chase it somewhere else and give up that legacy of being a lifelong Blackhawk? I mean, it's it's a decision that really weighs on them. I mean, Jonathan Tate's whole identity is being 
Chicago captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. It means everything to him. Does he want to go be a third line, just a guy for Colorado? I don't know. Maybe he does. But I think that's what they're grappling with right now. We're joined by the Athletics' Mark Lazarus. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Just before I get to one more player on the current roster, I, you know, I, the Hagel return was pretty good. Uh, I understood the Debrinka trade. The one I didn't get was Kirby Dock, and maybe it's because, you know, I, I think pretty highly of Kirby Dock. He's also a local product here. Why did they do that trade? I mean, I wouldn't have made the Doc or the Dabrinka trades personally. I don't think how you get you don't get better by trading very young, talented players. Um, but they wanted draft capital. I think I think Kyle Davidson wants to kind of move on from Stan Bowman's guys and have his own team. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Uh, they really like Frank Nazar, who they drafted with the Kyle. Uh, the, the, the excuse me, the uh, um, the um, the pick they got. The, the, the Kirby Doc. Kirby, I forgot his name there for a second. Kirby Doc pick. Um, I, the, the doc one's interesting because he was, I mean, he's a number three overall pick and he was not playing like it. He played since day one. I mean, he was on the team right out of the draft. He was a pretty good player. He's a good defensive center uh, who could not win a faceoff and could not finish. He could not score goals. But there was a lot of talent there, a lot to, a lot to like. And he was only 21. There's a, there's a, there's a thing you can the get thing, to that's still that's, there. That's the thing for me. Like he and played, already he's tapping into that in Montreal a little bit. But, I mean, this he got extended time playing with the likes of DeBrinket, playing in center with DeBrinket and Kane, and just couldn't produce. So I think there was some impatience there. And, again, they wanted to restart the clock on this on, with a rebuild by get, bringing an 18-year-old, 21 and 24, for Doc and DeBrinket seemed too old for them, which is crazy to think about, but that's the way they're looking at it. Um, I wouldn't have done it. But if Kirby Doc's not going to go and become a 45, 50 goal scorer. You can you can clip this and, and put it on the internet forever. I'm never going to get old cold, uh, cold takes revealed here. Uh, he's not that guy. He, I, I had one one player personnel person always told me he's Nick Bukestad. That's all he'll ever be is Nick Bukestad. Oh, I'll take than that. I'll, I'll take that wager all day because he's got something that Nick Bukestad doesn't have. He and you know what, Nick Bukestad might end up being an Edmonton Oiler, but Nick has never had a lot of bite in his game. And Doc will get engaged at times. He played well in here in the bubble. Geez, the other game he squared off and he worked over Andrew Kopp. I don't ever yeah. recall Nick Bukestad ever doing that. I'll leave you with this. <laughs> I got to ask you about Sam Lafferty. I love the guy. It has nothing to do with the fight. Uh, you look at Chicago, they moved Brandon Hagel out. They got a great return for him. I think Sam Lafferty's the type of team that good teams go, or type of player that good teams go and get. Real good penalty killer, fast, hard player, can play mostly right wing, but also center. But you see him on a nightly basis. Is this a, is, do you think Chicago would part with him? Or is this a guy that maybe, you know, is, is a, a type of glue guy you keep around on your team? There is nothing they won't part with. They've got a Bobby Hull statue out front that's that's there for the taking for a fifth round pick right now. There, there is nobody that's untouchable. But um, yeah, I mean he's absolutely available. I mean he's 27 years old. He's a I like him a lot. Like, he is fast. He's as fast as a Thanasiu. Like he has got serious wheels, and he's got a motor behind him where he's always going. He can kill penalties, score shorthanded goals. He doesn't have a great finishing touch though. He's been scoring more lately. But, yeah, he's exactly the kind of player you add at the trade deadline, a bottom six guy who really makes a difference in your lineup. I think of, like, an Andrew Desjardins with the 2015 Hawks, what a difference he made down the stretch. He can certainly be that guy, and I don't think it'll cost much. He's 27. He doesn't make a lot of money. Uh, you, it'll be a mid-round draft pick, and that would be that would be a mid-round draft pick very well spent for any contender out there looking for a little more, uh, you know, energy to their game. Mark, I'll make you a wager. I bet you they get a second for him. A second for Sam Laverty? Yep. 
You heard it I here. I will take that bet. All right. Hey, we got to have you on again. We're getting people text the show saying, get this guy on again. Mark, uh, I know you got a little bit of family business to attend to. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers now. Don't worry, Bob. Take care. That's Mark Lazarus from The Athletic out of Chicago. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well-known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the team at Brent Ridge Ford. They'll make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048. Your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. When we get back, uh, we'll get to the Oilers Now Prospect Report in this day in Oilers history. You're listening to Oilers Now. Time now for the Oilers Now Prospect Report. It's brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money in your kitchen renovation. Don't replace, reface. What do you got, Brendan? Oh, Matvey Petrov is having another season out there in the OHL. Uh, points in nine of his last 11 games. He's dialed it in since the calendar turned to 2023. He's had five three-point games, 20 goals, 65 points. It all puts him on pace for a 97-point season. Last year, he had 90. He's doing this as a 19-year-old kid, Bob, a right shot winger, six foot two. I don't know how legit this prospect is, but I mean, points-wise, it's it's coming together for him. Six-round pick, not a bad pick. We go to tell you that Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. They've got 15 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. Go online at RoyalPizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza is still making a great multiple locations in the city of Edmonton to serve you. To this day and history for New West Travel. We're going to California this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com for more information. We're going to go back to 1993. Kelly Buckberger with three goals and an assist for the Oilers. They beat the Sabres in Buffalo 5-4. Ron Tugnot picked up the win in goal with 34 saves. All right. Uh, Carson has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Carson says Bobby Hall is the Allen Eagleson of players. Great deeds mirrored by questionable ones. Uh, well, Alan Eagleson was supposed to be representing the players, and he had a very convenient relationship with Bill Wirtz, who we just talked about with Mark Lazarus, and it had to do with Jimmy Harrison and an injury settlement on a back injury. And uh, he was also appointed by the Liberals. Uh, what are those positions of the senators or whatever? He got some honorary appointment from the Liberals back in the day, and they stripped him of it. The Eagle, Allen Eagleson. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations joins us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Um... Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night from 6 to 8. What's he got? Uh, you'll hear from Cam Moon, uh, former punter in the NFL and CFL, John Ryan, and Wayne Wagner of Wayne's Sports Cards and Collectibles. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angelo Coquat today from 2 to 3. Then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons tomorrow, uh, from uh, 3 to 6 with Jalen Nye. We will be uh, back at you tomorrow at noon with a... Another edition of Oilers Now.